Learn how Alina Health is committed to providing you support on your path to better health in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. The science of medicine is always improving and evolving. And Abbott Northwestern Hospital is often leading the way. My guest today is Dr. Ben Bockwig. He's president of Abbott Northwestern in Minneapolis. And he's here to talk with us about some of the medical advancements that we saw in 2015. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bockwig. So tell us first about immunotherapy, cancer treatments, and where has this gone? It's it's such an exciting field. Well, it is, Melanie. You know, um... What uh, immunotherapy is for cancer is a, a treatment that activates the patient's immune system to fight off the cancer, and it's uh, used and primarily now in patients who have failed standard treatments and still have evidence of, of cancer, and the drugs are given, and they activate the patient's immune system, and we've seen some tremendous responses in patients with lung cancer, kidney cancer, uh, and melanoma uh, that would have been very difficult to treat in the past. So how does it compare to traditional cancer chemotherapy radiation treatments? Well, um, one of the things is it doesn't have some of the side effects that are traditionally um, uh, involved in those treatments. There can be other uh, side effects, but um, in general it's well tolerated by patients. Um, it can be used in patients who haven't responded as well to those more standard treatments. Um, and um, we've seen some quite lasting responses in uh, cancers that are often very challenging to treat. So will this be more of a first-line treatment in the way of maybe cancer vaccines and other immunotherapy treatments? You know, what we've seen in general with the way cancer research works, we tend to start with new uh, treatments uh, to be sure they're safe in patients who failed other treatments because we have good treatments and we don't want to use the experimental ones before we know that they work as well as they should. As therapies prove their benefit, though, they tend to move up the line. And I think with some of these immunotherapy treatments, we're already seeing them move into um, into a more first-line role in some uh, clinical situations. So now we're going to move on to lung cancer screening. We've heard a lot about this in the media. Dr. Bockwig, tell us a little bit about lung cancer screening, the guidelines, and what patients are referred for this screening. Well, this is primarily uh, done for patients who are at higher risk for lung cancer, and that primarily is patients with a smoking history um, uh, or an exposure to chemicals that may increase the risk of lung cancer. And in the past, we've used chest X-ray as the main screening tool. And the challenge with chest X-ray is that often the tumors are at a, such a size when we find them that they're beyond the place where surgery can be curative. So using a, a, a CAT scan, uh, especially modified to minimize the radiation dose, um, we can um, find uh, cancers at a much earlier stage where they're more, much more amenable to treatment. So what's involved in this screening, and, and if it's got a lower dose of radiation and it's pretty easy to do, why isn't everyone who ever smoked allowed to get this screening? Well, um, I think that it, it, it's been one of the challenges is to prove that we actually make an impact on uh, outcomes in patients with screening tests. And we Abbott was one of the study sites that um, really demonstrated the value of this technique, and that... Uh, led Medicare to uh, go ahead and approve its use in patients who are at high risk for 
uh, lung cancer. And so smokers now can get this uh, screening uh, and have it be covered. And uh, so what's involved is a, is a CAT scan uh, the, that's done on a periodic basis um, to be, uh, and if there's anything found, then those findings are followed up with uh, additional testing. And which smokers are allowed to get this screening or recommended to get it? Well, um, in general, um, there is some, uh, a sort of a dose relationship between um, uh, smoking and the risk of cancer. Uh, so this would generally be patients who had smoked uh, somewhere on average of uh, 10 cigarettes a day or had a, a more than what we would call a 10-pack-year uh, smoking exposure over their lifetime. So now tell us about the new treatment of mechanical thrombectomy for stroke patients. What is this and how does it work? So with stroke, you know, in the past we really had very limited treatments other than rehabilitation and, and monitoring. And over the last few years, it's really exploded with a number of new treatments. First, clot-dissolving drugs that uh, are given early on in, in the course of a stroke and can open an artery that's been blocked. Uh, now we've added additional uh, treatments for patients who may not respond to the clot-busting drugs or have a more major artery plug, where we can go in with a catheter and using suction, uh, remove a clot and restore circulation to that brain uh, tissue uh, before it suffers permanent damage. That's fascinating. Is this available at Alina Health? It is. At Abbott Northwestern, we've been doing it. Now, one of the absolute keys to being uh, eligible for this kind of treatment is that if someone has stroke symptoms, that they get medical attention as quickly as possible. There's a window of time, usually somewhere in the range of three to six hours, in which if we apply these treatments, we can see improved recovery. If we're out beyond that, uh, they just don't have the same benefits. So we really encourage people to call 911 at the first onset of any stroke-related symptoms so that they have the maximum opportunity for being treated. Well, it's true that time is brain when it comes to stroke, and that's an fascinating type of procedure. Now on to heart flow analysis. What are some of the new techniques for identifying blood flow in the arteries of the heart? People worry about this, Dr. Bachwig, as far as their risk of heart attack or impending heart disease. Tell us about heart flow analysis. Well, what heart flow analysis does is takes information from another CAT scan uh, procedure, a CT uh, coronary angiogram, which basically um, saves the patient from the risk of having a, uh, to have to uh, have a catheter placed in the heart uh, and instead can measure using data from the CAT scan how the blood is flowing through the coronary arteries and decide whether a patient needs more invasive testing or can be safely treated with medication to prevent uh, progression of the blockage. Is this hoping to find various heart diseases earlier and is it available at Alina Health? It is. Actually, one of our physicians at the Minneapolis Heart Institute, Dr. John Lesser, was instrumental in developing this technology, and we were one of the first places in the world where this uh, technique was available. Um, and it does help us to both find heart disease early, but also help us make decisions um, uh, and get patients back functioning without putting them through unnecessarily risky procedures. So sometimes heart valves go bad in the heart. Mitral heart valve replacement. Tell us a little bit about what's involved in a valve replacement. Well, um, you know, as, as you say, as the heart uh, ages or is affected by other processes, there can be problems with the heart valves. They can either become narrowed which we, uh, or they can start to leak. And 
when that happens, it can cause significant problems with shortness of breath, heart failure, and other serious uh, medical issues. Um, and so we've had heart valve replacement. Uh, Minnesota has always been a leader in, in heart valve uh, treatments. Uh, and in this last year, we were the first in the world to use a mini, minimally invasive uh, technique uh, to replace the mitral valve, which is the valve between the uh, top and bottom chamber on the left side of the heart. So instead of having a, a major open uh, sternotomy and, and uh, the open heart surgery in the uh, traditional way, this is done through a small incision in the chest and then um, a catheter that uh, puts the valve in place. So it's a, a big advance, and what it does, I think, is make this uh, treatment available to patients who might have been too ill to undergo open surgery, uh, and they end up with a much faster uh, recovery and get back to functioning uh, more quickly. Dr. Bachwig, tell us about the exoskeleton for spinal cord injuries and the Courage Kenny Rehab providing this new treatment. It is an absolutely amazing treatment. Tell us about it. It really is. This is a treatment that really borrows from the world of robotics and has uh, created these uh, devices which uh, a patient puts on uh, supporting their lower back and legs and then using the controls coupled with their own nervous system are able to uh, get back to ambulating, to being able to walk. And it's been uh, really life-changing for patients with spinal cord injury who are often uh, confined to wheelchairs to be able to actually get up and, and move again and, and get the benefits from uh, ambulation and, and uh, being upright. So now tell us in just the last few minutes, what are some of the new medical studies and advancements that you see coming to us in 2016? Well, you know, we're really fortunate here at Abbott Northwestern to have a culture of innovation that's an ongoing thing. It's been supported by our Abbott Northwestern Foundation and I see um, a lot of progress being made in the areas of heart disease and cancer uh, and in neurology, uh, as well as rehabilitation. And, and I, I see those things coming together. Some of them are new devices and drugs. Some of them are uh, approaches to making care more coordinated and helping patients flow better through the system. Uh, and it's all targeted to getting people back on a path to better health. Thank you so much for being with us. What great information, Dr. Ben Bachwig, president of Abbott Northwestern in Minneapolis. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.